Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Hello, Akaville listeners, and welcome to the 2021 special on Black Forest Voices Festival. This year, it will be virtual one more time, and it will be just one day this year, which is not nearly enough to pack in all of the magic that I think that this festival has. Back in 2019, I was lucky enough to attend the inaugural Black Forest Voices in Kirchzarten. It's a small village in the southwest corner of Germany. It was This festival was created by Tobias Hoog, who many of you may know from The Swingles. He was the bass for a long time. Toby was born in this small village, and and he was larger than life. Toby passed away after a long battle with cancer in early 2020. But this festival is his legacy and will be continued to carry on by the rest of his team, including Nina Rukaber and Dorte Zilsen, members of Unduzo, and just the general community there in Kurtzarten. So for Toby to be such a big star around the world, it was so special to watch him bring this magic back to his home. And while we're waiting to gather again in person in 2022, this year you'll be able to attend workshops online from some of the best in the business. And I know we say this a lot, but the workshop lineup this year is Peter Carlson, Tina Friss-Ronsfeld, Kevin Fox and Morton Vinther, Meryl Martins, Kim Nazarian, and Katrine Kuhnemorder. These people have been handpicked by the team and, in a way, Toby himself. And at 7 p.m. local time, which is Central European Standard Time, they'll be doing local night from the open-air courtyard of Talvote, which is the castle right there in Kurtzland featuring local acts from the Black Forest, including the multiple award-winning vocal band Unduzo that plays a part in creating and maintaining this festival. Right after that concert at 8.30 local time, there'll be a concert called From the Living Rooms of the World, and it will include members of the Beatbox Collection out of the UK, Sound District, Peter Carlson, Kim Nazarian, and Kevin Fox. And now we'll hear from three of those fantastic figures in interviews about the festival. Stay tuned. I'm Toby, uh, Toby Hug, or Tobias Hook, as the Germans would say. I was a member of the Swingles for a while. I'm an a cappella singer, beatboxer, fly conductor. But at the moment, my hat is being the artistic director of Black Forest Voices. And it's the first time we're doing this festival. And I'm super excited. We have four days, about five concerts, evening gigs, and then a classical show in the church in the morning. Beautiful. And then we've got a coaching camp. We've got full on days of workshops with people like Kim Nazarian from New York Voices and Peter Carlson. So awesome people. I just love for people to come together to sing and share the joy of singing and that's the reason why I'm doing it and, and why we're doing it. We're a very close-knit team of five people who've dreamt up this festival. It's special in many ways. First of all, it's like an immersive festival because we have an open-air location in a small castle. We have wine from the vineyards around here where the best food, like a five-star chef, is cooking for festival participants and for the teachers. So I think we have, apart from the great music and the workshops. It's like a full-on experience. So, and we're in the middle of the Black Forest, so can't really go wrong with that. It's in a small village, and a small village uh, happens to be my hometown. These festivals are special because the whole town gets so excited about it, and so you have this sort of frost fertilization of excitement. Like people in the village come like, oh my God, there are people from Canada and Singapore and Paraguay, who are they? And the people who come from abroad, they get to experience it and they get to feel the excitement. It's really beautiful. Everything's walking distance and a historic uh, quarter. On a personal level, it's of course wonderful for me because my music teacher is involved and my family is involved and my brother did the logos and you know my cousin brings the wine. And so it's like, it's a lot of personal connections. 
Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Cornaglia, and I am honored to be doing a little special this week on Black Forest Voices. This year, it will be Black Forest Voices Day instead of a full festival, but we're hopeful in 2022, we'll all be back in Kirchsarten together. This hour, we'll be talking with three of the instructors for the event, and we're starting off with Mr. Kevin Fox. You may know him from his time with Cadence or with the Swingles. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It's always so good to see you. I know. In person soon. Yeah. But for anyone that is not familiar with you or your work, let's give a brief overview of where you come from. Gosh. Well, as you said, I, I started off my professional kind of singing career with, with Cadence back in the late 90s. And uh, I had been involved with a kind of collegiate acapella scene in Toronto at that time, a group called Weeby or Weeby Jazz. And, and yeah, and then moved on from there to uh, moved over to London, England to join the Swingles. I did that for gosh, 12 years, I think. Yeah. I left that group, decided to kind of retire from the touring thing just prior to the pandemic. So I kind of was planning on having a bit of a sabbatical anyway, and then COVID kind of sealed the deal. So I had a proper <laughs> sabbatical last year. But, you know, like many of us, I think I've been finding other stuff to do. Lots of teaching online and figuring out the whole Zoom teaching thing. I work regularly with a pop choir in Israel called Vocalocity and as well as a few groups on and off here in the London area. Yeah. And then just, you know, bits and pieces of little projects that have come down the pipe. Little, you know, someone will say, can you record a track for this or that or that kind of thing. So yeah, it's been a nice little variety of stuff to kind of keep me out of trouble this last year. I know, you know, normally I would talk to a retiring single and say, what's it like to not be on the road anymore? But you know, everyone just yeah. going on the road. You said, if I'm retiring, everyone's taking a pause. So we've got uh, Black Forest Voices coming up on June 19th, Saturday, and it'll be all online for the most part this year. And you're going to be one of the instructors. Can you tell us a little bit, first of all, how you got involved with Black Forest Voices? Well, I, it, it would have been what when I was with the Swingles, the, I guess the first Black Forest Voices and the Swingles performed there. In fact, I saw you there, which I think was the last time that I saw you was oh, in Kirchsart. That was, I mean, one of my favorite festivals. It was amazing, wasn't it? But yeah, Toby, uh, Tobias Hoog brought us over. And so I think like many of us, he was the kind of the central figure that brought everybody together into that place, introducing us all to his hometown and his just that beautiful environment. And so I, I think after that first festival, myself, and, and I think probably a lot of other people said, okay, we're not going to miss this one. This is permanently in the calendar now, you know. Yes, I will find um, my way to that tiny little village. Come. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so this year I'm doing a, a workshop with Morton Vinter, who's, for those of you who don't know, used to sing with The Real Group. And he and I, he's very into improvisation and, and working with improvised music, as am I. And we've been chatting for a little while about kind of our approaches to improvisation and what it means and... and Anyway, long story short, we decided to do a project together and had to move that project online last year. But so this is kind of a, it's sort of still in the beta test, I would say, although we've done it three or four times now, but it combines, well, the idea of it is to explore our own creativity using improvisation and sort of demystifying what that means, that we are all improvising people and musicians. We already know how to do, how to improvise, how to make stuff up in the moment because we do it all the time. 
And so it's giving people some confidence to, to be able to do that. And then, so, you know, some exercises and games where we'll interact with each other and make stuff up on the spot. And then uh, at the end of it, there'll be an interactive video that everyone will be invited to record themselves to in response to the video. And then all of those recordings get mixed together afterwards. And we have a, a new sort of a new improvised piece. So although it's using the same template each time we do it, it's a different piece each time because everyone's response to what they see and hear are, of course. That's amazing. I can't wait to be a part of it. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. So, I mean, you come out of a world of, of jazz and classical music, and, and usually that comes with a very kind of strict protocol. Like you sing the notes on the page, and most of the people that come out of that are used to being told what to sing. Mm -hmm. So how do you change the mindset from, from that to free yourself? Yeah, well, that's a good question. My approach to it really comes from some things that I picked up back in when I was had just graduated from university and was was hanging out at, at York University in Toronto, where Weeby and Cadence and all and Retrocity and lots of groups came out of that scene. So I was kind of picking up on some ideas that were coming out of that school at that time in terms of how to approach improvisation, which of course traditionally we think of as being genre specific, as you said, with sort of strict frameworks and rules. But in a, when we're talking about sort of free improvisation, what we're really talking about is, although there are still, there is still structure, the musical structures are, are very loose. So getting used to the idea of just using sound, any kinds of sound or speech or even movement and, and not looking for things to necessarily, it's not so much about the end result in terms of, did we, you know, do the chords sound nice or, you know, those sorts of things get very used to the idea of dissonance as being a perfectly okay place to hang out and rather focusing on the experience of being spontaneous and then also about responding to someone else doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So how we lead and follow each other. And it's about that connection and that communication in the moment that can create quite a, a magical experience for people. And then sort of not by design, but then the end results of the, the musically, well, basically surprising things happen. Sometimes it <laughs> sounds like a dissonant cacophony and sometimes some really incredibly harmonious things happen without having planned. So yeah, it's, I guess, I don't know if that explains it, but that's that sort of my approach anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think just coming from, you know, years of traditional music studying, it can be a really scary thought to be saying, well, I'm just going to go for it. Absolutely. What might happen? What, you know, what will the sound be? What will people think? All of those questions that we ask ourselves all the time anyway. So a lot of the, as I said, the first part of the process is just some exercises to kind of switch off that part of our brains, which is constantly critiquing ourselves before we even do stuff right. and to say, allowing ourselves to do stuff first and then to assess it afterwards. Absolutely. So with your relationship with Morton, where are you hoping, I mean, you said this is kind of in the beta testing phase, where are you hoping this course will go? I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Well, we, as I said, we, we were planning to do about a four day project where we'd go, th you know, go through a slightly slower, more developed process with a group of participants at Europa Cantat, which is a, the big European festival that was meant to happen this year in Slovenia, but was canceled recently. So as I said, we, we kind of moved it online partly to see what is possible in terms of, you know, as I said, this is all about the interaction between people. So how much of that can we still achieve in an online setting and discovered that actually a lot of it works pretty well and, you know, having to rethink some of it. And then we sort of have been going in another, another direction as well, which is, I don't want to give too much away because it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of a, well, 
yeah, a very much a thought in process, but we've started to think through how we can actually incorporate some of these ideas about creating essentially like a musical playground, which is sort of the philosophy behind this way of improvising, which is that we're almost like doodling. It's a play area and how we can maybe incorporate that into some sort of a, an app or something that can be used that, that people can actually use and, and experience improvising with each other, but through an app. So we're kind of in a very, very early stage of development on that idea. That sounds amazing. I yeah. mean, anything that brings interaction and creative thinking right now, I think, I mean, I welcome it because I've had very little interaction and very little drive to do anything creative. So something <laughs> yeah. like this, I think would tap into something I haven't used in a little while. And what about you? What's next for you? I know it's kind of hard with, you know, not knowing how the world is going to turn out at the end of all of this, but. Yeah, I don't know yet. I've, you know, I think like a lot of people I've thought about, okay, you know, do you kind of move sideways into some other area of music, you know, focusing more on teaching or kind of getting requalified to work more extensively in, in an educational setting or to actually just do something completely different? And I think I had, I actually thought, you know, it wouldn't be such a bad idea to just do something new for, for a while and try that out because I like other stuff too. Almost anticipating that the music would kind of dry up, the music opportunities would dry up and then they didn't. It actually got busy again. So I thought, okay, I'll just, I think I tend to go where the wind blows. And so at the moment, it's still blowing me in that general direction. So I'm going to stay with it for a while and, and see where it leads. But I'm hoping to get into some more project-based things and definitely more collaborative things because I really miss the, I'm, yeah, I miss making music with other people and collaborating. And although I probably won't go into another sort of full-time touring situation, I think it would be nice to combine my love of making music with people with my love of traveling and maybe become a weekend warrior kind of thing. So I don't know. We'll see. Europe's a nice place to be a weekend warrior, you know, here in the it's United not States. So bad. I'm like, well, hey, a weekend in Arkansas, but you're like, hey, a weekend in Slovenia. It's fine. And I'm thinking back over your career, you've sung a lot of different styles. Do you have any tips for people that, I, I mean, most people I think are trained, especially when they take like a collegiate level training. It's like, okay, you're going to be an opera singer. Don't you dare go singing that, mm. that pop stuff. What advice would you have to people like that? That's a long conversation, longer <laughs> conversation. And kind of highly debated, I think, certainly in, in music education over here. I mean, I think some of the traditional thinking still is that there are right and wrong ways to do things and that the wrong ways can harm you from doing it the right way and that kind of thing. I'm not a trained singer. You know, I, I didn't go through that kind of music you know, education. I kind of learned on the job. So I suppose my inclination would be to say, well, yeah, you can do anything. You just have to figure out how to do it. But I think as long as you are making sound in a healthy way, and then, you know, it is fundamentally, it's the same process for any, in my opinion, for any kind of music making that you'll do as a vocalist. I strongly believe that making music in different styles really complements each other rather than takes it away. It's not like you have a finite amount of resources and then it will get used up if you try and do more than one thing. I think actually it's the opposite. As we learn more about other styles of music, we expand and we you know, and we grow and and we and you can do more than just the one thing especially if you really are into something you know i know people here who went through traditional classical training to quite a high level and i know someone who's you know she's one of the best kind of classical choral singers around and her favorite band is Radiohead, you know, and it's like, can you imagine if, if, you know, if she couldn't indulge in that, you know, as well, not just as a listener, but actually getting into that kind of music. And so I think the stuff that we do in contemporary acapella is, is kind of a, a lovely environment to be able to almost by design, you know, 
to be able to combine all these different things and influences, you know, I, I feel like certainly with the music that, that I've been able to do with Cadence and also especially with the Swingles is this sort of cross-disciplinary approach. That was the whole point of the Swingles was the jazz classical crossover thing. And then we kind of just expanded on that model and sort of started doing other stuff as, as well. And I think as long as you're giving each of those traditions and each of those disciplines the respect that it deserves. So, you know, really understanding the context of the music that you're doing and understanding, you know, trying to understand some of the tradition and some of the, that kind of thing that, yeah, it can be great fun to try your hand at different things. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. It's, you know, for me, I get to see your face because we're doing this over Zoom, but it's always nice to see you and to hear your voice. And for anyone that wants to take your class, it will start at 11 a.m. And I believe that is Central European standard time? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting better at these time zones, but it'll be at 11 a.m. Central European standard time. And the class is called Blank Canvas Improvisation and Musical Connection. And you can get a ticket just for that class or for the whole day. And it starts at 15 euros. It will be in English for those of you out there that are a little bit worried about a German festival, but we are looking, I am looking forward to this class and I'm looking forward to working with you for many years to come. Thanks so much. Me Kevin. too. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. This is Amanda, and we're back with another interview, this time with Kim Nazarian of New York Voices. She's also a teacher at Ithaca College and SUNY Fredonia. Hi, Kim. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, and I'm just really happy to be talking about this festival with you. Me too. <laughs> go back, right, to yes. the very to the very first one, and the you know the seeds of its origin, and and we have common acquaintance with our good friend Toby Hook. Mm -hmm. And as we were just chatting before we started the recording, this festival is special in a way that I can't seem to convey to people. And I can't wait for it to be back in person in 2022. I was hopeful that 2021 would happen, but I understand. <laughs> but next year, we're all going back to Kurtzarten and it's going to be amazing. Yes, no, I totally agree with you about the uniqueness of this festival because it was born out of a true vision of quality, mm -hmm. friendship, community, soul, purpose, intention. Uh, there isn't a detail that isn't cared about. And I do believe that that is truly conveyed to any of the observers or participants, mm -hmm. bands, and it trickles down from Toby to the wonderful team that has managed to weave this together in his absence, mm -hmm. right? But his soul and spirit is still there. Yes, so the, the love his, is still there. The love yes. that he put into everything. Just this festival <laughs> is a way to remember him and keep his spirit with us and to remember all of these fantastic people that I should know, but I know them and I've met them because of him. He brought, he, it's like he went out and plucked all of his favorite people and said, I want to put you all in one space and I want everyone to know each other and carry on as friends after I'm gone. Exactly. And... It is, it's a legacy unlike anything else. So I, this year it is happening. It's happening online a little bit early in the morning for us in the United States, but... <laughs> 
Let me tell you, it's yeah, going to be worth it. <laughs> Get up and go to these, even though it's early in the morning, it's a Saturday. You can take a nap later in the afternoon. But so we talked a little bit about how you were involved, but what else was behind, aside from Toby just being so magnetic and he wanted to do anything he asked you to do, how did you get involved in this festival to begin with? Well, you know, I think anyone that, as you said, was hand plucked, you know, by Toby to be a part of this meant that you had something to contribute. It's kind of like a musical buffet and his, <laughs> and his menu was so carefully selected from the appetizers to the main courses, to the desserts, to the finger foods, to the drinks, to the whatever, <laughs> you know, you, I felt like I truly had a responsibility that I was valued and worthy of this, you know, and I wanted to help Toby create this. Mm -hmm. So when you're when you're part of something for the first time, you definitely leave your fingerprint mm -hmm. and and you either the roots grow deep enough that you you know you come back, you're a perennial. <laughs> yes. Right? You're a perennial guest or you're one of those annuals, right? that that you can you can swap out or you you revisit but it was such a special special moment in the end of toby's life and in the beginning of this festival that's what drew me not only my friendship but the fact that i he made me feel special mm -hmm. always I, he he was <laughs> i've never met anyone with that power before and he wielded it so kindly and yeah even in his hug hug Yes. <laughs> I have so many pictures of those and I, I cherish them even more now, but yep. so you're teaching a class on classical and jazz singing. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're teaching this year? Yeah, this is um, a workshop that I created for our Christmas camp okay. last year. <laughs> We didn't have a summer camp, so we made a Christmas camp uh, in, in Germany, in Germany. And at Ithaca College, where you had mentioned, I teach side by side with the classical voice teachers. And it's kind of the only program that I know of in the world that does this, where uh, these students that are jazz voice majors, they also have a classical teacher that is helping to build and maintain and construct the instrument. So these teachers are open-minded and respectful, and we more times than not will be speaking the same language. Though mm -hmm. so after you build the voice, right, then you have to apply it to different material and repertoire that is not necessarily in their wheelhouse, right? And then there's right. the world of improvisation and the all of the world music that comes into it and the subdivisions and working with the rhythm sections and, you know, having instrumental influence. So that's kind of where I come in. But there's this myth, you know, that we have to live on separate islands, whether you are a jazz instrumentalist or a jazz vocalist or you're a classical singer or a jazz singer. And to me, I want to continue bridging the gap. Mm -hmm. New York Voices bridges the instrumental gap, I think, as an ensemble. Absolutely. And as a teacher, I would like to bridge the classical jazz gap. And uh, I am doing that, uh, utilizing a piece called I Wonder As I Wander. I like that piece a lot. Yes, which is an old Appalachian melody. Mm -hmm. 
But when you hear Jesse Norman sing it, good God, <laughs> right? The heavens open. And then, so in my class, we're going to listen to Jesse Norman. We're going to listen to the New York Voices sing it in four part harmony with a big band. I mean, that alone is worth getting up at 630 in the morning for. <laughs> right? I'll be and there. Then, you know, we're going to talk about the similarities and the differences there. And then we're going to uh, dissect maybe about 16 bars of the New York Voices arrangement and put it back together so you understand those differences and similarities actually using your voice. Amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So tell us a little bit more about New York Voices for people that aren't familiar with your work. First of all, they should be. Go just stop what you're doing and go watch whatever you can get your hands on. But tell us a little bit more about what you do, what New York Voices has done. You guys have been around. I mean, you've been long enough to earn the status of legends. Oh, isn't that so sweet? We we are 33 years old. So uh, yeah, we've been around the block. Which seems impossible since you're 25, Kim. I don't understand. Oh my. Oh, <laughs> I knew I wanted to do this interview. I knew it. I actually just had a big old birthday. If you want to search around on YouTube or Facebook, you'll find something in there. You um, won't believe it anyway. I mean, you guys can all go look and dig it up, but you're not going to believe it. So yeah, we've been around for 33 years, made a lot of records, toured a lot, have worked with rhythm sections and big bands, including the Count Basie Orchestra and and orchestras, including, you know, the Boston Pops. Uh, so, you know, we've done a lot. But the biggest thing that we've done is stay together. Yeah. And a lot to be said for that. It's not it's not easy, especially, you know, you see these groups now pop up and they're really hot right out of the gate. And then you're six months later, you're like, Where, where'd you go? Exactly. <laughs> but staying together through a pandemic, it takes a lot through a pandemic. I mean, we've all learned Zoom mm -hmm. so that we could work our our camps. We have all been recording and videotaping. Both Lauren and Darman have learned, you know, video, videographer skills. Uh, Peter built his home studio, <laughs> you know? So we have been doing a lot. And we'll be doing, I'll be doing some things to prepare for the performance too. Creating tracks so that I can sing live because I don't have a band here in my music room. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll be singing live to some tracks for the concert. But, you know, you make adjustments mm -hmm. and we have maintained. We are all teachers. We all conduct all states and area all states. And we deal with festivals. We have our own festival. So, you know, your career is what you make of it. We all wear many, many, many hats. We have survived the pandemic and we are truly looking forward to coming out the other side again, once again, in Germany. Of course. <laughs> yes, in Germany, in the Black Forest. I mean, or I... I can't emphasize enough. Like, go. And what a great place. To, I mean, I just, it was super hot the last time we were there. It was like Saharan winds or 130 degrees or so. I, I don't know. It was. Right. And no air conditioning. <laughs> no air conditioning. I didn't even have a fan in my room. I'm like, I don't know. I'm supposed to survive lots of showers, but I mean, even, even so, and we were in the middle of a festival, which can be very exhausting. I left there feeling so renewed. Absolutely. I mean, cold beer helps with those. It does. Right? Those temperatures. <laughs> 
hopefully, you know, hopefully next year though, the Sahara will keep their wins, um, right. at least for a little while. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it's nice to hear, especially at a school like Ithaca, I went to Hamilton college right down the road mm -hmm. and it was, it was always difficult to get professors to really understand that there was value in crossover because I was in pop acapella, but I also took voice lessons, which was all classical. And my classical teacher was so anti doing anything else. She didn't know any of the songs I was singing. And I think one of my solos was it's raining men. She asked me and she goes, what are you singing for your, your concert this weekend? And I'm like, oh, it's raining men thinking, of course, she's heard this. Song. And she just looked at me and goes, what? I've never heard of that song before. So there is still kind of a, a stigma um, in a lot of places that, oh, well, if you want to pursue jazz, then that's all you can sing. You can't go sing anything else. Um, right. And the fact that you can sing it healthfully. Yes. Right. That you're yeah. not going to wreck your voice and that 33 years later, you will still have the same range and facility, agility, flexibility, right? Intonation. You, you st I still have it. And I love, you know, I love that in contemporary acapella, we're now seeing a lot of these students come out of more classical, traditional, you can tell they're singing properly. And I always, when I hear the students that are not, I just want to say stop, because if this is what you want to do with your life, you have about five years of singing like that before you can't sing anymore. You're going to get nodes. You're going to, you're going to be in pain. Your career is going to be over. Please go get some classical lessons. And they kind of panic like, well, I can't do both. <laughs> That's not going to work. Yeah. But to me, it's like, it's the fundamental foundation of any artistic genre for dance. You know, you have to have the basics in order to do any kind of dance. Right. Or visual art, you have to understand the basics. To cook, you have to understand the basics. To practice medicine, you have to understand the basics. Please, especially so, there, please there. <laughs> yeah, so for me, right, it only makes sense that you understand how the instrument works, how you can build the voice, how to find your own unique and original sound and sing forever on any kind of music. Absolutely. And, and you know, and now especially coming out of this period where people didn't do all that much singing. I mean, I was used to being in five rehearsals a week and probably performing three or four times a week. There were days when I would sing eight hours and get home and be fine and ready to go out the next day. Yep. And now I'm just starting to get back into live rehearsals. And we did a live show that was two hours and I was tired. Oh yeah. I mean, we have to build our stamina now. I'm a wreck about <laughs> singing, you know, 75 minutes of New York Voices material in one sitting. I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, you heard it here. You're, it's, you're not alone. Okay. The New York no voices are also alone. tired. No one is alone. <laughs> we're all there, but yes, I, you know, and I hope people out there listening know, like it's, we're going to have to build it back up. Like you can't just jump back into, you know, five days a week, six days a week of singing. That's not, it's not going to be healthy. You have to warm up and take your time. And as an audience member, please be kind, you know, <laughs> at the first, at the first concert. Oh my God. I was lucky. Our first concert was outside at a flower festival and it was in, it was in mid April. So we'd all at least had one shot and like the three of us in the middle wore masks, which was fine. Everyone that's panicking, like, I don't want to take my mask off yet. I'm like, you can sing in your mask. It's, mm -hmm. it's not, if you're comfortable talking in it, you can sing in it. And we put our bass and vocal percussion on opposite ends of the stage so they didn't have to wear theirs but we were lucky because the audience was about 100 yards away so they couldn't see us like when we were looking at each other like oops that was a flub uh. and and when I totally forgot a whole line of my lyrics because I hadn't I hadn't sung it in a year I was like oh nobody noticed 
(laughs) (laughs) But those, I mean, those moments are going to happen and I hope, yeah, I hope everyone is patient with themselves and people are patient with live audiences. I mean, here I am watching a parody of Broadway on, on the late night on the tonight show and I'm crying. I keep watching the Broadway show and I keep crying every time I watch it. So I'm, I don't care what you sound like. I want to see that you love it and you want to, you're excited to be back on stage. Right. Right. But Kim, it has been so lovely to catch up with you and I, I am already counting down to 2022, but for anyone that wants to check out your class, it is at 12.30 p.m. Central European Standard Time, which is about six hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time in the United States. The class is called Bridging the Gap Between Classical and Jazz Singing, and you can get a ticket just for the class for 15 euros, or you can check out getting a whole day pass. You can learn more about all of these classes at blackforestvoices.com. Thank you again to Kim for joining us for this special. Oh, my pleasure. Hello, everyone. We're here with our final interview for this year's Black Forest Voices special. And it's Peter Carlson, of, formerly of The Real Group and Perpetuum Jazz Isle. He does so many things. There is such a wealth of information. One of these days, I will sit down and we'll do like a four or five hour interview with you because there's, from the first time I met you, all I wanted to do was talk and, and learn more from you and just enjoy your company. But hi, how are you? I'm, a, I'm very... Well, thank you. I'm uh, walking from one bus to another bus. Amazing. And small... super clear, too. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, let's first start for people that don't have a good idea of where you're coming from and what you've done. Let's give them the brief overview because you've got you've had quite the career. I started out in with a cappella music in the in high school. I I was in a school that specializes in choir singing. And then in, uh, in 1984, when I was 20, I was one of five singers who started a group called The Real Group. I sang with that group for 26 years. We had a pretty amazing career, actually. Yeah. And and then yeah, and then I I figured that when I'm 50, I want to do something else. <laughs> so 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 I quit when I was on my 47th birthday. Actually, I did my last concert with the group. And then a few months later, I was asked if I wanted to have a job as a musical director of a very fam- uh, ambitious choir from Slovenia in Europe called Perpetuum Jazzle. And that that was. Uh, super exciting to um, be a choir leader. I, I had done many workshops and seminars and educational projects, but I hadn't been the leader of one big group like mm-hmm. that. And yet that group, uh, I mean, that group is iconic to so many of us about what it means to be in a large choir, a cappella choir. It's I mean, it set the bar for me personally. Yeah, and they had a, I mean, they had a long history before I joined them. And there were similarities with the real group, except, of course, they were 10 times as big. Yes. But it, it was people who were willing to um, step out into, how shall you say, it's like to step up beyond the things that we know, to explore the things that we don't know that we don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and and so I learned a lot a lot from them, and also I think they learned something from me as well. Right. And and then then I, now I teach in it's called innovative choir leading at the conservatory in Denmark. Amazing. Um, which kind of leads into the class that you are going to be teaching a little bit. It's a little bit early for those of us here in America. Um, well, maybe late at night on Friday for those on the West Coast, but at 9.30 a.m. Central European Standard Time, so about six hours ahead of the East Coast, you're going to be teaching a class called Leadership in Vocal Groups and Choirs. So what can attendees expect from a class like that? First, we will do some 
some exercises. I think I'll start with some rhythm, maybe some intonation things. The idea here is that the work that we do in a vocal group and a choir is based on that every singer has an inner creative power. And it's, it's not to get power over somebody else. It's more like, how can we join forces so that we have my power and your power, power with, if you say, if you will. Right. So it's, it's some kind of, it's a collectively creative process, which is different from the idea that the work in a group is the result of the vision of one person. And when, when you start to work like that, that you facilitate the creativity of everyone, then everything changes. The methodology and the leadership, everything is different. So it's, it's more like an inspiration session to get started. And um, just, you need to be very concrete and practical when you talk about those things, because if you just do it theoretically, it's not so much fun, actually. But it becomes fun when you get something to do yes. in, in the session. So, that, so that's what we, we, we're going to, you know, sing and stuff. It is actually possible to do this in an online class, too. Absolutely. And I, I like what you said there because there's a method behind the magic. It doesn't just, the magic doesn't just happen. And I think yeah. you have a lot of ways to share that. And I think coming from the American choral community, I think especially Scandinavian groups, we've got beautiful singers everywhere in the world, but for some reason, it just seems to click a little bit better when I when I hear the acapella choirs across Scandinavia. And I think it has a lot to do with what you're talking about, that collective of power with. And so I think this will be a great class for people to attend. I'm still tempted to get up at 3.30 in the morning to come to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you and I got to meet for the first time um, at the very first Black Forest Voices Festival um, in Kurtzarden, which was magical. <laughs> I will continue to use the word magical because that's the only way I can describe this festival. What led you to get involved in this festival to begin with? Uh, the artistic director and founder of the festival, Tobias Hook, yes. also known as Toby. <laughs> we, we have hung out a lot. And we, uh, I don't know even where to, where to begin, but uh, we were really close friends and of course colleagues he he sang with the swingle singers mm -hmm. and uh, we started to hang out after i had quit from the real group and um uh, so it was toby was um very visionary person and inspirational man i think there was no one like him you know, he, he would hear that something is going on somewhere, a festival or something, and then he, he would go there. Yes, <laughs> yes to, you would. To, yeah, <laughs> to, to uh, check it out. I've been to a lot of festivals, but usually because I was invited as a, you know, a workshop leader, but he would go regardless of, of you know, <laughs> if, if there was an invitation or not. And he, he knew everybody, yes, basically. Yes, <laughs> And he also and he also had a, he also had a very strong vision for what he wanted to do, how to make how to make people get together around music. So he and the Kirchzeiten is his home, where he was born. So so he wanted to do something for his home community. And yeah, and and he asked people he he has known for a long time to come and do the festival together with him. And it was I think people in his town didn't know that this kind of thing exists. 
Right. So, um, and meanwhile, and, they're the hometown of someone that we all feel is central to the acapella yeah, world. Exactly. Yeah. So what's, uh, you know, now that hopefully we are able to, to leave our homes and I'm hopeful that in 2022, we will all be back on the grounds in Kirchsarden and, and singing together in person. What's going on for you between, between now and, and hopefully then? I'm going to have, th this is my last gig for the season. So, so after this workshop, I'm going to take a vacation, uh, a much needed one. <laughs> As Europeans uh, do, we need to learn from you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I am um, in the fall. Uh, I will um, start with a new, uh, you can say, a series of uh, webinars and online courses in addition to what I do at, at that conservatory. Wow. So, yeah, and um, the materials for these courses is stuff that I've collected during the past 10 years. And uh, so, so you actually saw some of this last year, Amanda, yes, when I showed I you. When, yeah, when I, when I showed you my book material. But it's like, it's hard for me to write a book because it's, uh, it's about the doing and yeah. it's, not about, it's not about the reading. So, so the materials that I have will be course reference. And uh, we are discussing whether we will do um, another real group festival. And so that's possibly also going to happen in a pretty near future, actually. Well, that will be exciting. Will that be in person or? That, that will be in person and oh in Stockholm. <laughs> and in, yeah, and in Stockholm, Sweden. Amazing. Well, all of that sounds great. And yes, the, the stories and everything about the book uh, was fascinating. I can't wait. So and this course will be something that people can take online too, or will that all be in person? Do we have to come to you? No, it's going to be online. It's uh, one of uh, the course that I'm uh, setting up uh, that I have been spent most time with is, I don't know if it sounds so much fun, but it's rhythm, intonation and blending for singers. Well, it's, considering uh, you come out of groups that do that better than maybe anyone else in the world I think yeah I think you you've got something to say on the subject and also and the point is that you can go to a conservatory to study conducting or solo singing mm -hmm. but you can't study uh, in the individual skills right. that it takes to sing in an ensemble but and there is no school anywhere in the world where you can study that you can study ensemble singing as a group task right and but you can't study individual I, I don't know if, how to call it but what it takes for an individual to sing together with others. So that's what you learn in that specific course. Amazing. Well, I can't wait because, you know, even though <laughs> I've been singing for a long time, there's always, you know, it, once you get, you know, uh, when you have people to look up to like you, it's like, okay, I can still be better. I can still keep learning and keep growing. And I, I love that you are part of this conversation and I, and this festival that is so special to so many of us. And again, anyone that wants to take your class, it will be at 9.30 a.m. Central European Standard Time, which uh, is 3.30 a.m. on the American East Coast. But please take the time to jump in if it, if it is a time <laughs> that you can be up to go to this class. It is only 15 euro. It is conducted in English. It will be on Zoom. And you'll be able to it, start off your whole day in Black Forest Voices with Peter. And questions are allowed. Oh, and, and you, oh, well, that's worth the price of admission alone, if I can ask you questions. <laughs> thank well, you, Amanda. And, thank you so much for doing this. And I will see you in Germany next year, if not before. That's a promise. I take it as a promise. <laughs> it is cool. a promise. <laughs> thank you for having me in your program and uh, looking forward to next time. Absolutely. 
Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video. Only at acaville.org.